From the University of California, Irvine, I'm David Namey, and you're listening to the Anteater Insider Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Patty Morales and Danielle Primavera. Patty is the Vice Provost of Enrollment Management. Welcome, Patty. Great to be here. Danielle is the Director of Social Ecology Undergraduate Advising. Welcome also. Thank you, David. Together, we're going to discuss how enrollment management and academic advising are partnering together to support student success at UCI. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Patty, UCI has a longstanding commitment to student success. What do universities need to do today to help students succeed? It's a great question. I think that universities really need to understand who their students are to help them succeed. Uh, when we're thinking about student success, I think images of graduation, getting a job, grad school, that's typically what comes to mind. But there's everything that the student experiences while they're at their institution, and that's part of their success story as well. And so in order for our students to have that experience that they sort of wished for, imagined when they were in their application process, it's really incumbent on us to deliver that. And I think UCI does a fantastic job of that. I think it's evidenced by how many students apply here, 143,000 applicants this past year. So I think that really is a testament to UCI being very intentional and knowing who our students are and adapting ourselves so that we can serve them well. So how do you and Daniel actually interact to help students in that way? Well, in enrollment management, we oversee admissions, financial aid, registrar, and of course, analytics, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about more. So we're meeting students even before they become our students. And we're helping to sort of shepherd them in, make sure they're well supported financially. And, and the advising part, though, is where we really have to ensure that our students are, again, feeling that they're realizing their potential, getting out of UCI what they imagined would be here. And that's the advisors. That's where this, the advisors are there to keep watch on that, to engage with the students and to ensure that they're, they know what path is out there for them. They know what resources are there. So the partnership between my offices and academic advising is really critical to provide that sort of connective tissue. Danielle, how has the partnership with enrollment management been valuable for advisors? It's been incredibly valuable, David. Um, so we as advisors kind of take the students once, once they're admitted. And as Patty said, we make sure that they're on track to graduate, that they have a transformative experience. And so part of that is that advisors uh, need to make sure students are on track to graduate. And it's inevitable that they sometimes fall off and sometimes they have a hard quarter and their GPA falls below a 2.0. So advisors uh, really care that they want to graduate. And so we provide intervention early and often to make sure that they're on track. And so EMA, the Enrollment Management Analytics tool, has been really, really helpful in upgrading that process. So prior to EMA, we had a really manual, laborious process where we would almost literally look at each individual student record to make sure that they were on track or not on track. And so with EMA, um, that team has been really great in working with us to create a tool that makes it easy for us to identify students that need intervention um, early on. So that saved us so much time before. It took maybe eight hours, and now that's 15 minutes. And so we're able to identify students a lot sooner. 
So that's been that's really qu- that's great. That's quite a difference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danielle, we've known each other for many years in advising roles, and you, you're continuing as now director of advising for sociology. Um, can you give us an example, though, of a current student success story? Absolutely. So I remember one of the students who, who came, came in on this academic review process who was on probation and came in, and she was a first-gen student, had lots of familial obligations, and felt like this imposter syndrome. She shared with me, like, you know, I just don't know that I, I belong here. I don't know that I can do it. I'm struggling in my classes. And so many of our students feel that. They feel this imposter syndrome that they don't belong. Um, and so I shared with her, like, someone admitted you. It's not easy to get in here. Someone saw that you have the chops to do well. Um, you did really well in your crim class. You got a B there. You got a, an A minus in this class. Like, what did you do in those classes to succeed? Um, and so really bringing out in her her strengths and what she could bring to the table and how her experience is valuable. And so just that little conversation, I think, made her feel more confident and realize, like, number one, that she's not alone and number two, that she can do it. And so we did talk, obviously, about logistical strategies, you know, adapting her study strategies and time management and things like that connecting her to resources um, so that her her strengths could be brought out even more and so she can do well. And so after that conversation, quarters later, she she did graduate. And um, we had a talk at graduation where, you know, she shared like, oh, thank you for, for that talk and seeing something in me. And and um, so, yeah, I love those those student success stories. Uh, it must be satisfying in your work for yourself, but also for the family and the student herself. So, yes, yeah. exactly. So we were talking about the service that, that we're offering to be a sort of consultative service, to be helpful to advisors. But the question surfaced uh, that I guess I'd, we'd want to ask Danielle is, that, what is it that we do in enrollment management with Navigator that's actually different? Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, that's really getting to the heart of the matter. And Danielle just touched on so many important themes, a student's sense of belonging, a student needing that reminder of how much they do have to offer t- for us as a campus to learn from them as well as what we can give them. And that feeling at the end of their journey here of, of remembering who they are and, and uh, how much they have to offer to the world as well. So again, I'm, I'm putting this framing in place because I know it's a roundabout way to answer the question, but that's really what's at the heart and soul of that you call consultative process, right? And that's what how we think of it as well, because we're thinking not just about sets of data to make available to advisors so that they can be... Um, they can do their job more effect, more efficiently, as Danielle was describing, and taking something that took maybe hours before to minutes or even seconds. But it's not just about that. It is about engaging with our campus colleagues about the students themselves and remembering their humanity and remembering that underneath all of those numbers and indicators are people's stories and the fullness of their experience and their lives. So that is hard to elicit from just sending over a set of reports, right? Uh, Sure, Danielle might have in mind what she would do with a certain set of data regarding students who need a course to get back on track or just seeing um, how they're doing in terms of their academic progression. But then what? 
then what does that mean? What does that mean for that student? And in the conversations that we have, folks in my enrollment management analytics team have with academic advisors and others on campus, that's where we pull apart those those pieces, right? And really start to investigate what, what more to the story is here. There's more than just looking at a set of students and sort of pulling them out and saying, okay, now we have to follow up with them. There's so much more that we want to learn about them. And all of that information is there, the potential for it in our tools. But without those dialogues and, and that back and forth, that iterative process, I think we're really leaving something on the table, right? I don't think we're fully realizing the potential of what's available to us. We're not advisors in our office, right? So if we're putting together reports, we're trying to imagine what would be useful, but we need to hear from the advisors, here's, okay, this is great, but here's what would be even better. I would love to hear from Danielle an example of how that consultative and iterative process between my team and you as an advisor and your colleagues, how that is different from what you've experienced in the past when you had to do the work sort of on your own of, of finding the individual data elements, you know, running your own kind of analysis. How is it different working with EMA? Yeah, it's been wonderful working with Tony and Javante on the EMA uh, team. Before this data was out there, it was you know, out in the world, but it wasn't easily accessible or readily available to us. So it was a very manual process. And so it's been really exciting. I really appreciate that there's uh, this infrastructure that these, this, that, that the leadership has recognized that this data is really important and it's important that it be accessible to us. Um, and so now they're able to create these tools and make them easily available. So for example, um, there's I, I asked I asked Javante to create a iGetsy tool. Like, can you tell me how many students uh, don't have iGetsy checked off? And so he was able to create that for us and in a process that took hours previously. There was a man, we had to manually check. He was able to create that for us, and so all the advisors have that tool now. We're really excited about that. That has saved us a lot of time, and so now we we have more time for m- meaningful appointments and interactions with students. Yeah, the comment that you and I shared, Patty, was I think the goal here is to humanize data, not just to produce tools. Say a bit more on what we were talking about there. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go back to the comment on applications. Behind all of the application data that we have when we receive, you know, all all of that, there are students who are behind each and every one of those 143,000 applications. And what they're providing us is the richness of their experience. You know, they're, they're being very vulnerable when they're applying, right? And we become stewards of all of that. And to just render it into sort of flat data and put it into databases and maybe we use it to assist with this or maybe it just continues to sort of sit in a database, I think the humanity kind of gets drained or abstracted from it. And we're really trying in our engagements with our advising colleagues to bring the student back, you know, sort of emerging from that data again. So it starts from a student who sort of ends up as application data. And now we're sort of reanimating that data and bringing the student back into focus. 
And that's, I think, our ultimate goal is to ensure that it isn't just data, it's mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. It's, I'll just put it there. I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Well, that's well put. Um, Navigator, as, as you have conceived it, is a service, consultative service. But I'd like to hear a bit more about your vision of it. And it goes back to humanizing data, humanizing beyond just creating or reanimating students to actually having a human relationship with data with our partners on campus, such as Danielle. Maybe you could say more about how you envision Navigator, what it should be, and how it's going to be helping uh, other colleagues like Danielle on campus. So you said the word relationship, and I think that's really what we can distill it into. And the concept of a navigator is fundamentally a concept of relationship. So if you think of a ship or a plane or there's a captain, right, but there's a navigator as well. And that navigator has data. They have maps. They have other data informing of conditions and other contextual information. And that navigator is taking all that data and they know what the destination is. They know what the goal of the pilot is or the captain. So they're scanning that, reviewing it, saying, what does that captain need to know to get to their destination? And maybe there's something that that, that captain, that pilot isn't aware of, but the, av- the navigator finds out. And so they could advise and say, hey, maybe you take this different pathway, or this is even faster. Or if you go this way, you might see something even more interesting, you know. And it's still that back and forth where then the captain has to communicate back to the navigator over whether or not that's possible for whatever reasons they have on their side. So that relationality, that relationship is at the heart and soul of this. And then I'm going to pull it back to the student again all of us as staff, faculty, members of the larger community have relationships with these students. And we want to make sure that sense of connectivity and reciprocal, we give them what we know, they tell us what they know. And, and uh, through all of that is really where we find the most creative solutions, or as Danielle mentioned, or things that are just really surprising and enrich ourselves that if we were just looking at it in a transactional way, we would miss all that. And I think you curtail that larger sense of success. Mm-hmm. So on this idea of surprising, uh, I'm curious, Danielle, is in the use of the Navigator service and the enrollment management analytics tools, uh, working with Tony and Javante, has any information come to light that surprised you that you hadn't realized and how is that information or data that that uh, you were supplied with helpful? Yes, I was. I was preparing for a faculty um, meeting where I wanted to share our students' demographics with our faculty, and I hadn't realized that our our demographics have evolved. Where now sixty one point three percent of of our social ecology undergrads are first generation, and that's that's even more than what the campus has. And that's really grown in the last few years. And they were really, really interested and excited about that to know that social ecology is um, playing such an important role in social mobility for these students is really exciting. And they hadn't known that. And um, so they're now thinking about, okay, how can we better serve our students knowing their demographics? Um, So the faculty and staff are really excited about that. And then one of our faculty, Professor Golub, shared this data with his students, and he shared how they really 
were surprised too and and really proud that that they were also that so many students in social ecology are first gen and and again leads to that sense of belonging like they hadn't known many of them feel like oh i'm the only one like i'm the only one that's like you know has these struggles or um coming from this place of like not knowing how to navigate these things and so when they saw like oh i'm not alone like many other students are in my same boat and they're doing it i can do it too um and so that's just like shining a light on the data we didn't even do anything other than tell them and so um I'm really excited to, to know like what else we can do with that data is really exciting. Student success is certainly going to continue to be a priority for UCI. Can you foresee, Danielle, any future opportunities that this service navigator uh, can assist with, particularly with the students you work with in social ecology? Yeah, I think just now we're able to think really creatively in a way that we hadn't before. Like it was really hard to get that data before. And now I can think we can think really creatively about like, oh, we can maybe get that in a tool. And so that's really opened up how to be more efficient, how to um, have those interventions earlier and more often, how to do the outreach to students, um, to be more proactive with them. And that that has helped to have these more meaningful interactions and conversations. So I think it's just really exciting that we can be creative now. It's like sky is kind of the limit and that's really exciting. <laughs> and I'll say on our end, that's really cool and fun for us too when the advisors are coming to us and, and saying, as Danielle saying, could you do this? What if we looked at it this way? And then that's really, that's really exciting on our end because maybe we wouldn't have considered it. Uh, there's just so much out there in the data and it's the piecing of it together and the, 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 the new pictures that emerge, that's, that's that kind of adventure. I'm gonna go back to the navigator. Um, analogy it becomes an adventure to an adventure in data <laughs> but uh, i know that sounds but it's, it's good to go on an, uh, an adventure with a partner though yes uh, so someone who can be on the journey with us that's right yeah uh patty danielle thank you for speaking with me today thank you david this has been great thanks for having us for more information you can visit the office of enrollment management website at enrollment.uci.edu the Anteater Insider Podcast is a production of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs at the University of California, Irvine. I'm David Namey. Thank you for listening.